In the late 90s and early 2000s, Steve the Crocodile Hunter Irwin became an international phenomenon, introducing the world to the wild outback of Australia where he grew up. Everything was going great until a chance encounter with a pissed off stingray. This week on Death and Entertainment. Live from Los Angeles. 911, what is your emergency? Here in Hollywood now. Two counts of murder, injury, and death. Oh my God! Shocking new details that has stunned the entertainment world. Um, this makes me a little nervous. The hair stood up on my arms. Just like in the movies. Ah! What do you call this thing, anyway? Death in entertainment. Crikey, deados. Oh, oi, mate, is your mic on? Oh, the <laughs> mic's just turned on. Oh, good to hear, mate. <laughs> Hello. What's up, everybody? My name is Kyle Plouffe. My name is Mark Mulcairn. And I'm Alejandro Dowling. That was a great down under. Thank you. Accent. Oi. Dickhead. Oi. Hey, ho. I'm trying to do the like a New York, Brooklyn accent, <laughs> but... With, with a mix with Australian. That was an Australian dice you tried to ace, do right there. Ace hole. Ace hole. <laughs> <laughs> ace hole, mate. Set <laughs> Eating a Vegemite. <laughs> and Dingo came along. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we are in for a doozy this episode, you guys. We are talking about Mr. Steve Irwin. We got a meaty steak of a podcast here for you guys. Yeah. From the Outback. From the Outback. Steakhouse. <laughs> <laughs> so get your blooming onions ready. Oi, get your sides prepared. Because we're going to September 4th, 2006. Oi. Okay, guys, what is going on here in terms of the pop culture moment? Wow. The top three movies at this time. Number three, Gridiron Gang. Don't know it. it the sound, it, Rock? It sounds like The Rock would be in it. It sounds like The Longest Yard like remake. Gridiron Gang. I believe it was The Rock. No, the, the Longest Yard remake was called The Longest Yard. I know, but it sounds <laughs> it sounds like it would be like a, a, a new beginning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a requel, if yeah, you will. Yeah, a reimagining of the, uh, the, the whole nine yards. Yeah. Not the whole nine yards, a different one. <laughs> that was another longest yard, the longest which had yard. a sequel called The Whole Ten Yards. Yeah. Oh boy, very clever! Yes. The longest whole nine gridiron gang yards. Exactly. What's number two? Number two is Invincible. I don't even know what this is. Wasn't either. that a Michael Jackson album? No, wait a second. No, this, this was Mark Wahlberg, right? Oh, it was when he was the um, the Philadelphia Eagles wide yeah, receiver. He yeah. played like a like a uh, bomb, like always sunny in Philadelphia. Mocked that by yeah. doing like. You know, Mac plays for the Flyers or something. He played the Eagles. He played a slightly more athletic, slightly less racist version of himself. Okay, <laughs> wait. He didn't take it on anyone's eye in this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank God. He likes the Asians in this. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Well, like is a strong word. <laughs> number one, Kyle. Number one is Jackass. Number two. That's a confusing number one. It jackass is. number two. Yeah. Number one is the second one. Love all the jackasses. Yeah, yeah, the second one is fun. It's the one where John Waters appears. 
it's the one where Don Vito was, was cut out of cut out of it, right? Yes. We talked about that before. Yeah, after he, he was, was CGI'd canceled. out. He was CGI'd out, yeah. <laughs> the tooth bit where they pulled the tooth out. Yeah. He was in the background. They redid that because he wasn't allowed to be Ooh, on Imagine having to redo them. that because he's a pedophile in yeah. Denver or something. Yeah, Jesus. Danger Aaron had his teeth ripped out after that. In three D in, yes. in the third installment. Yeah, because Don Vito was a um Como se dice pedophile. Yeah. He was uh, he was a weird around the kids, that guy. Yeah, he frequented a lot of malls, and he wasn't exactly Tiffany on tour. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Alejandro, what is going on with you in general? With and also, what's, and what's going on with the, the top three songs right now? Number three, Sean Paul. Sean Paul. When you're going <laughs> to give it to me. Da-da-da-da. This is one song I don't know by the title, and I love Sean Paul. Yeah. It's no Get Busy. No. You failed the Sean Paul pop quiz. Sean Paul. <laughs> okay. You, sa- <laughs> you saved it with that. <laughs> Number two, Fergie, London Bridge. Okay. That album of hers was all over the place then. That's when she pissed herself around this I was going to say, I see London, stage. I see France, I see Fergie pissing her pants. Nice. You know what I mean? <laughs> we no, can't I mean. talk Woo. about Fergie without bringing up pissing the pants <laughs> You know what thing. I mean? Yeah, I can't get it out of my brain. Someone sent me that picture one time. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, this London Bridge is going to fall to number one now. We will. <laughs> Justin Timberlake, Sexy Back. Whoa. I'm bringing Sexy Back. <laughs> That's a good Justin. Thanks. Yeah. That sounded like Sean Paul. Shana Paul. Shana Paul is bringing sexy back. Uh, I can so see it. I would say that's probably the song of the year, pretty much. Yeah. 2006? Course, I mean, yeah, if those he, are the number two and three, then of course that's got to be the number one. He was on fire. Didn't he just uh, rip Janet Jackson's uh, chest off? <laughs> that was uh, just five, <laughs> five years earlier, but yes. Just her clothes, <laughs> not her actual chest. That was during the Patriots Super Bowl in 2001, I believe. He's not Ed Gein. <laughs> Wait, are you sure? Uh, not totally sure, but it was one of the Patriots Super Bowls. Okay, that could be a Mandela effect. Yeah, that song, it was a summer jam, and it just kept rolling at number one. Yep. Yeah. It kept rolling as Steve Irwin. Ooh, what a segue. Swimming. Segue <laughs> for the ages right here. Crikey, that was a segue. Crikey! <laughs> Okay, uh, Steve Irwin was born in Upper Ferntree Gully, Victoria, Australia. That's a mouthful, right there. That's yeah, a that city? is a lot of qualifiers. Yeah, uh, it's like a it's a suburb of Melbourne. Melbourne, Melbourne. I'm, I'm Melbourne, Melbourne. Yeah, I'm saying it's so wrong, but it's like the second biggest city in Australia. Australia is weird, man. I, I, in my research of this thing, I found out Australia is a very interesting, weird place. Yeah, in general. When he was eight, his parents, uh, his dad was like a successful plumber, and he was like crushing it in like the plumbing business, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, and uh, at some point, I guess he just, his dad and his mom just decided, fuck this. We want to live off the grid. We're going to fucking move. We don't want to be here anymore. And they moved to a place called Beerwa, Queensland in 1970 when Steve was eight. Beerwa. Beerwa. Yeah. Okay. Um, it it's like, like a town in Wisconsin. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <actually>. <laughs> yeah, Oofta. 
<laughs> yeah, it's right next to Fond du Lac. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they seem like similar places also, kind of bizarre yeah. things going on. It's like 1,800 miles north of where they were in Melbourne there. Um, Is that how they say it in Australia? Melbourne? Mel- Melbourne. Yeah, they say Melbourne. They Melbourne. do, yeah. yeah. I'm from yeah. Beerwar. Melbourne. Yeah. Beerwar, Melbourne. It's like a 20-hour... <laughs> Oprah, Uma. Uva. <laughs> Uva. Uva. It's like a 20-hour uh, kangaroo ride north. Of, uh... <laughs> <laughs> we need to make every reference Australianized today. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, was, uh, he made 14 koalas on this uh, TV show he was making. So, yeah, it's, it's weird. Like, the north of Australia is like the south of America, kind of. It's more rural. There's more... Interesting people up there. Less teeth. Less teeth, more I would racism. say. Maybe probably more meth. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> the hills have eyes. Kind of like that. Yeah. It's like a weird rural strange the south, area. But north. Yeah. Exactly. We'll stick with that. This is where Stephen Irwin uh, would spend pretty much the rest of his life. Um, and he'd be more or less shaped by this area. This wasn't the bush, as they call it, but it was close. It was like on the edges of the bush. But the bush is like more inland. It would be like more, I want to say, east of, uh, west of here, rather. The bush meaning it's a large forest or something? Yeah. No, Gavin Rosdale. <laughs> yeah. the it was a Gavin bush. Rosdale yeah. concert <laughs> yeah. across the entirety of Central Australia. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> they closed out the Friday night show after corn. <laughs> um, her, his parents were like super crazy animal people. Um, and that's the reason why they wanted to move so far away, because their big dream was to start a zoo <laughs> for okay. some reason. Yeah, they're like the the weird Matt Damon movie, We Bought a Zoo. But they, <laughs> they literally actually did that for some reason. They went up north and they started this place called the Birwa Reptile and Fauna Zoo. Oh. And fauna, yeah, reptile fa- and fauna. Fauna meaning like plants and plant life and stuff. Gotcha. So it's not just animals. Yeah, Steve was like thrown right into this as a kid. His dad bought him his first python at nine years old. I don't know where he's buying these pythons or anything, but he he, he gave it to him. I just got a fucking yo-yo when I was nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Couldn't even use it. I was screamed at to get a job. <laughs> <laughs> also at nine years old, he wrestles his first alligator in, under his father's supervision. So yeah. that's like Bourdain trying the oysters yeah. when he's young. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's very sexual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was just thrown into this entire world. It was crazy. His parents were nuts with animals, like to the point that it's like it's dangerous. The parents would like driving uh, on the highway, they'd see like dead kangaroos and they checked the pouches whenever they saw a dead kangaroo on the side of the road to see if there are any living babies in there. This is what Jeffrey Dahmer's dad would do with him. Pull over on the side of the road and take care of some roadkill. No shit? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. But it, <laughs> that was dramatizing the new Netflix thing. Yes. I would say the difference with the Irwin family is that if they found the, ca- the baby kangaroos, they'd nurse them back to life and, and make sure that they were okay. Instead of dissect them? <laughs> yeah. The other major difference is Steve Irwin wasn't into murdering gay black men. Yeah. <laughs> that we know that of. That we know of. Put an asterisk this next to that. This could come up by the end of the episode. <laughs> Put an asterisk next to that fact. <laughs> we'll readdress that. 
<laughs> but like, yeah, this house was like a house in peril. There were animals everywhere. There were like fucking pythons in the walls and shit. What there the were like fuck? there was like koalas in cabinets. There was like kangaroos in like guest rooms and shit. And the pythons didn't eat the koalas? No, I don't know. They I, were in the walls. Yeah. It was like <laughs> Noah's Ark. All the animals were friendly with each other for some reason. What's that crazy bump house. I'm hearing? Yeah. Oh, that's just a python in the wall. <laughs> Yeah, the he um, the friend going over there must have been like, I, there's no way I'm sleeping over. I'm not sleeping over your house, Steve. I'm sorry. Pay no heed, mate. Just be Python. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone had that that kid though they grew up with. Like you don't want to go to their house because it's all fucked up. And yeah, like, you know, a lot of kids were like that. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's like uh, exposed wiring and stuff, and like you know, there's like no carpeting or anything. And yeah, I had a couple of those growing up. I don't want to. Go into too much detail there, but it was... big backyards where you weren't sure if things were buried there. Yeah. I would think like if I was part of a Australian state agency of like that protected children, I would want to pay a visit to this house. <laughs> um, but at, that will come up later, actually. No! So stick a pin in that also. Wow. Yeah. Not gonna lie though, I probably would have wanted to check this house out as a kid. Yeah, sure. Yeah, just you see... want to come over and see my dad wrestle a fucking alligator? Yeah, in the living room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> after I'm dinner. Ours. After dinner. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> or I could go watch the hook VHS for the tenth time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not knowing it was Dustin Hoffman the whole time. <laughs> But yeah, they started this ridiculous Birwa reptile sanctuary, whatever they were doing. It made no money. They were flat broke basically their entire life, the parents. The father, Bob, and the mom, Lynn, they were, you know, dead broke their basically their entire lives. Oh, nobody wanted to go to the snake and fauna exactly. foundation. <laughs> Especially in the seventies where like people were out and out littering everywhere. Yeah. Remember that that Native American uh commercial the word? Single tear. Yeah, the t- single tear where some kids throw like shit at his feet. <laughs> <laughs> like that's basically how people were feeling around this time. So yeah. no one's going, there's no conservationist. No one really cares. And yeah. not to caricature Australia, but can't you see a lot of that stuff just wandering around Australia? Yeah. Aren't from, there just from what I hear kangaroos hopping around in the open and snakes? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I guess it is like, it is kind of like a very rural area where it's already out there anyway. So it's not like, you know, they, they grew up in like Greenwich Village or something. They have just all these crazy animals. <laughs> you know, this is like a, yeah. a very rural area. Like in Wisconsin, if I opened a museum where you could come see deer. Yeah. And yeah. headlights. That would be crazy too, well. too. Yeah. That'd be. <laughs> <laughs> Steve just was just naturally great with animals. And his dad knew this. He could tell from an early age. That's probably why he's letting him, he's giving him a python at six years old and letting him <laughs> wrestle alligators at nine and stuff. Or crocodiles, sorry. Dad actually reckons you've got a gift. Yeah. Uh, an animal instinct which enables you to deal with animals. What is that? Yeah. Gift? Yeah, well, um, Dad was kind of the first one to notice it, and um, and good on him. You know, I'm just a product of my parents and my environment. And uh, I was four years old, and Dad was catching snakes for the uh, the then Commonwealth Serum Laboratory, right? And he was looking for brown snakes and tiger snakes at um, a place called Buller in Victoria. And um, so we're looking for tiger snakes and brown snakes. And I'm like, I'm four years old, and I'm rattling around help, helping him. But you know, I was playing imaginary games, imaginary armies, you know. 
um, shooting back at the, uh, it was Japanese back then because my grandfather and great-grandfather died in World War II, so it was the Japanese I was hunting. Whatever, please don't. Yeah, like I'm, I'm, <laughs> he's kind of getting cancelled for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> he said, uh, "He said I drive a Toyota." So give me a break. Hunk around, hunk around, and Dad's over there, and here's this huge brown snake, oh, oh absolute whopper, well over five foot. So I've come up and I've gone, oh, 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 you know, like this, oh, oh, yeah, you know. got it, Dad, Dad, I got one, I got one. And he's like. What is he on about? And he comes up, look at this, Dad, and here's this brown snake, Andy, and it's up on my shin like I'm wearing uh, plastic sandals, no socks either. And here's this brown snake with its head right on my leg, and I've got a pin, and it's a whopper. It's almost as thick as my dad's wrist, and he's gone whack, you know, and belted me out of the way, crushed me like a bug because yeah. I thought I'd, I'd got this brown snake for him, and I thought I was going to come out of this a hero, and he decks me. <laughs> and, uh, but he thought he'd saved my life, and, you know, for months, he's scratching his head. How come that kid never got killed by that brown snake? And, and I guess he figured it out then. He's figured, this kid's got something. So, Is yeah. that how he tested his kid? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, he's crazy on talk shows. He's like running around the whole fucking stage. Yeah, and, he's like Chris Farley. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, yeah. He's A just, little bit more put he's together. He's out of control. <laughs> <laughs> he starts throwing cheese heads out. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he is like uh, Mark Wahlberg a little bit when he's talking about the Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Other looked, as soon as he said it was like, he's like, my uh, my family died in World War II. And uh, I thought, you know, this is the Japanese. And then he looked around and was like, wait, please don't. Yeah. <laughs> There's some Japanese. Immediately ja- thought, please don't cancel me. <laughs> There's a Japanese guy sitting in the front row just... <laughs> Grimacing, yeah, but yeah. loading a gun, yeah. uh, and you know those games into they a were playing, yeah, <laughs> those games they were playing as kids. It was probably no holds barred Japanese references. Oh, oh yeah, you know what was really going on there, yeah. yeah, and it wasn't good. Steve decided at a very young age this is what he wanted to do for a living. You know, wrestle crocodiles, find some whoppers, yeah, wrestle crocodiles and fuck with snakes and shit. Surprisingly, there's not a you know a good profit in that business. <laughs> As <laughs> Unless found, you're on TV. Unless you're Steve Irwin. But it took yeah. him a while to get there. Like in the 80s and stuff, he was just hanging out in the bush. Like he would be like a four hire guy who would go in and there were poachers there that would just kill crocodiles. His thing and how he sold himself is that he would go in and actually capture them and take them to somewhere where they could be safe and live and not a nuisance to the people that were living around there. Mm. So like, say like a new condo development, you know, was being built somewhere and they had a bunch of crocodiles instead of just shooting them, they'd call Steve Irwin to come in to like, you know, he had a very unique way of going in and getting a crocodile out of it. Like some of them are like 15 feet long and shit. Oh, they're huge. Yeah. Yeah. So he's a kind of whisperer. Kind of like this was his tactic. He would go in when it was nighttime. Go in with like, um, I think it was like a, a million candle power spotlight and he would shine it around the water and he'd try to find the redness of the crocodile's eyes. Wow. And the crocodiles wouldn't know that he was coming because they can't, they don't know that, you know. Look out, uh, mate. Steve's coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oi, man, let's get on here. <laughs> let's get on. Uh, but I don't know how they don't know that he's coming, but he was able to sneak up on them and just grab them. 
and then just, you know, hold on to them until they were like subdued and then throw them in his dinghy boat and then take them to like some sanctuary somewhere where they would be okay. That's fucking insane. It's nuts, dude. Yeah. I don't explain with fire. That needs to be the TV show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that that became the TV show. Yeah. What he did. But sneaking up at night. Like that is so crazy. Sometimes he would do night shows like yeah. that. Yeah. At the end of it, when he once he got the uh, the crocodile, he'd just like pizza cake. <laughs> <laughs> he liked the food metaphors, Wappas. Yeah, and cake. yeah, kind of candy from a baby. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's how he speaks. But that's like how you know, uh, you know, he just speaks very layman. That that's how people talk there. Yeah. Like if you're like you know. I don't want he, not dumb people, but you know from outside the bush. Yeah, yeah, the bush people. Um, <laughs> He's got a gift for it, though. You could tell there. He does because yeah. everything he says is, you know, besides the Japanese references, very yeah. put together, funny, articulate. Never misses a beat. Yeah, yeah. He would spend a lot of the the eighties doing this. Uh, his dad would come along sometimes. This was like how he spent his twenties. This is like him, like really going wild. And his dad wasn't into it as much. His dad was there sometimes, but his dad was like an older guy. Because uh, it almost sounds like he noticed it by chance that Steve Irwin was good at capturing pythons and well, crocodiles. He, it wasn't just that brown snake situation. Like he could tell right away his that his son had something special with animals and not all. He, he has like a couple brothers and sisters, and they they like became accountants and stuff. <laughs> they didn't fuck <laughs> around with any of this shit. They're like, I don't want to deal. I don't want to have pythons in my walls. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like the father had an affinity for it. Like he had a love of animals that he kind of passed on, and his son took it and ran. Yeah, yeah, like to an extreme. I think so. I think that's yeah. the case. And in. in I'm going to get into it right now, but uh, when he met uh, his soon-to-be wife, Terry Irwin, that's when like they became a team and they were able to kind of monetize the entire situation there because the Birwa reptile and fauna park wasn't going to be his future. And, yeah. and there was no money there. There was no future there to begin with. After the 80s is done, the 90s come around and he goes back to, they, they rename it the Queensland Reptile and Fauna Park. Like they, they thought that they thought a name change was like you know it's like not the Facebook or Facebook you know it's just like it's cleaner. It's, they, they're still not making any money, you know. Surprise, surprise. They have a sign that says "Under Same Management." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People have to think twice. That's like, hilarious. Uh, Hunter really caught me on that one. <laughs> Everything must go. Still, <laughs> everything must stay. <laughs> so in the nineties, he's kind of just being a guide around this park, and which gets. A couple people per day, not not a lo- enough traffic to really keep it afloat. But in those w- poor people that showed up, yeah, their, their ears <laughs> must have been talked off. <laughs> you know, well, one of those people was Terry Irwin. Actually, she came in with a friend because she was uh, traveling around. She was like around the same age 
um, as Steve. I'm, at, I think, a couple of years younger. Oh, she um, was a fan of the uh, fauna and reptile sanctuary. She was like one of the only people. It's like one of the only people that are there at like Bruce Springsteen's first <laughs> concert or something. He's like, I'm gonna marry the first person <laughs> yeah. that comes through here. Next person that shows me any attention, I'm married. <laughs> it's an interesting way. It better to... not be a lizard <laughs> <laughs> to meet women to open a sanctuary and hope she just shows up someday. Yeah. So yeah, most yeah. guys like normal guys like become a DJ or a stand-up comic. <laughs> Go to the bar, have a couple yeah. Fosters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Her book that I <laughs> nice. Uh her book that I read, it it's it kind of reads like a a steamy romance sex novel kind Ooh. of. Yeah. Um Terry Crikey. Irwin <laughs> wrote a book. She did, yeah. Okay. She wrote a book called Steve and Me about a lot of it is about her, but you know that's not a problem. Um, he was as hard as an armadillo's back. <laughs> oh well, <laughs> but she she was from Oregon though, so she didn't really talk like that. <laughs> this, this was her first. <laughs> he, he reminded me of a wild dingo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> giving me a baby. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to put his steak in me, if you know what I mean. Put his dingo in my baby. <laughs> Rocking with the roo, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I want you to go down on. Hello. Oi. This is this is the first like excerpt from chapter one about her meeting Steve Irwin. When I heard there would be a special guided tour of the Crocodile Environment Park, I was first in line for a ticket. I had to hear more. This man was on fire with enthusiasm, and I felt I really connected with him. Like I was meeting a kindred spirit. What was the young zookeeper's name? Irwin. Steve Irwin. Like he's James Bond. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can we just give props to the people who open animal sanctuaries because they always get pussy? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, well, what do you? Where are you getting this? They get a lot of pussy, like lions and yeah, and cats, and cats and <laughs> tigers, Joe Exotic, all the fucking uh, Doc Keitel, whatever his name was. Joe, he says Joe Exotic got a lot of pussy. He did get pussy, but he also got a lot of dirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, Joe Exotic follows me on Instagram, so we're not going to say anything bad about him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, he's into you then. He is, yeah. Wow. Uh, he reposted me on Instagram as well. Uh, so Get him in here. That's something to brag about. Let's. We should call him from jail. Yeah. I, I'll message him. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Roll him in here. That could be a future episode. There yeah. was a death somewhere, wasn't there? Yeah. Oh, the wife. There was multiple. Um, and Don Lewis. Carol Baskin. Carol yeah, Baskin's Carol Baskin. husband died. Yeah, Don yeah. Lewis. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, anyway. Terry showed up. Her her line was, he came up and with a broad Australian accent said, good day, mate. And she said, uh-oh, I thought I'm in trouble. I thought I pissed myself, <laughs> but I was just so soaking wet. <laughs> yeah, she, uh, she, she was super into animals, too. She had her own animal sanctuary outside in like around Oregon, too. So. No That's shit. So they, they had a, yeah, yeah. She was like a zoology person, kind of like that. Super and inanimate. What's at her sanctuary? How can she compete with that? No. No. Yeah. What does she have, like squirrels? <laughs> yeah, who knows? She's probably some crazy cat lady or something. She had some heroin addicts from the fucking northeast side of uh, Portland, Oregon. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> she had some hipsters. <laughs> yeah. She had some northeast <laughs> veterans up there. <laughs> Black flag yeah, she jackets. Sounds, <laughs> she sounds like one of the characters from Portlandia or something. Some weird like animal person who like who runs with aardvarks or something. She's a um, bike messenger. She's a bike messenger. <laughs> 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 they met in the like 
right away they had like a, a connection and stuff. And between she, the genitals. Yeah. <laughs> In the bush. <laughs> kindred spirits. They were kindred spirits. Yeah, they spent yeah. a lot of time together. Uh the rest of her trip was basically spent with Steve. They went to the hotel together down the street. Yeah. Okay. Do tell. <laughs> so they weren't just fucking in the hay next to the lizards here. <laughs> So he wasn't just wrestling pythons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was, though. <laughs> Hello. Um, so she goes back home to Oregon and is like, I'll never talk to this guy ever again. He eventually calls up. He goes, Oi, it's Steve-O calling from Australia. G'day, mate. How you, how you doing? And it was no probably way. 3 a.m. where he was. Yeah, it was like super late at night. She was like, she was waiting up like every night waiting for him to call, basically. Wow. Yeah. And this was the early 90s? Uh, yeah, this, this was, yes, this was 1991, 92. So that was a big deal to get a phone call. A phone call. From Australia, no less. Yeah. That Ex- costs money. Expensive. Yeah. yeah, and he doesn't have a lot of it. No. He probably had to save up to make this phone call. Yeah. He probably had to sell a couple lizards or a fucking <laughs> an emu or something. He to had make to the- <laughs> take out a loan <laughs> to call her. He used the cash from her admission. To come in for the sanctuary <laughs> yeah, to be able to do this. He stole money from her purse <laughs> yeah, probably, <laughs> to call her collect. Boy, I could use a couple shekels. <laughs> hey, what's that? Look at the dingo. He's speaking then Yiddish. instead he grabs the cash when she looks. He's also speaking Yiddish now for some reason. He uses shekels. <laughs> Oy vey. Um, so she goes, you should come here to Oregon to, to visit me now with me and my family for Thanksgiving. And he's like, what's Thanksgiving? And then uh, so he goes over there, meets the entire family. Wow. Uh, imagine you go to your family Thanksgiving. You bring this fucking six foot tall blonde psychopath <laughs> from Australia. But he was like a cool he was like a cool guy. Very great with the family. The only thing thing i could see where they were comfortable is that she's already in that world of running a sanctuary so he's probably just one of the nutter butters that show up at those things yeah yeah he's probably cr- he's crazy but he's normal to her yes yeah yeah and like, the family's used to it probably yeah well her like him both of their families were like i never thought you would get married <laughs> like because they're both like outlier kind of cuckoo people you know like so they're just happy she found someone. I think that's the case. They're like, thank God we're getting uh, Terry off our hands. Yeah. <laughs> they're both a couple of wild koalas. They're kindred spirits. Yeah, wild oh, koalas. On the road. In the wild, yeah. <laughs> um, so Steve goes, you know, he spends a lot of time in the Pacific Northwest of America. Um, he goes skiing. Um, she did tell one thing where some blonde Betty or Sheila, as he calls him, um, was trying to hit on Steve and she had to she had to get rid of her. Oh, yeah. There was a, the, the, you know, she had a couple of moments there where she had to, like, push off some uh, some chicks that were trying to get into Steve's. She's a little pants. feisty. Yeah. Trying to get into those khaki pants of his. <laughs> and the accent goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, the women love that here, the Australians. Yeah. And they're all maniacs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, they had a nice trip, and then then she goes back again and back to the zoo, and now she's basically just staying there, back at the family zoo back in uh, Victoria. They put her to work right away. She's retrieving crocodile eggs. She fed a venomous snake. What do you mean retrieving crocodile legs? Were they cut off or no, they eggs, fall off? Eggs, oh, eggs, eggs. Oh, eggs. I thought you said legs. I thought you said legs. <laughs> <laughs> Go rip me up a couple of legs there, honey. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn, this chick's a savage. So it, 
Uh, she yeah. rips out kangaroo hearts <laughs> with her bare hands. <laughs> we didn't even ask you to do that. <laughs> but we got dinner tonight, so yeah. that's great. So I guess we'll eat it. But in the future, could you not <laughs> do that? In the future, we like <laughs> yeah. hamburgers. Yeah, we'd prefer you didn't do that. <laughs> so instead of the hotel, now she's like, she's sleeping at the zoo, which is, you know, not that glamorous, I assume. Yeah. Um, they went to the bush together for a week and she saw some of the craziest shit ever and which was all pretty normal to Steve. And she's just like detailing this insane shit where he's like wrestling alligators and stuff and grabbing snakes and like, and it was like super insane for like someone from Oregon just to kind of like jump into this world where he grew up. Yeah. All the stuff that is normal to him will just blow anybody else's mind. Yeah. Yeah. Like come to Fond du Lac, you know, I'll I'll show you the lighthouse. <laughs> Ooh, that's exciting. Can't wait. On our way. <laughs> <laughs> Take it booked. Take you to Schmidty's bar or something, but uh, that, I, I can't show Schmitty you any, for you. Can't show you anything cool. Yeah. I'm sure where the Halloween killer uh, murdered a nine year old on your porch. I might tell that story on the Halloween episode. Oh, I have can't we not wait. told it on this podcast? We yet? haven't. Ooh. Ooh. Tune in the oh. rest of this month. I love the Halloween stuff. So they get back from the bush, and right away they uh, they're put back to work. Even they're fucking exhausted. They have to chop down a tree that was hit by lightning while they were in the bush. Sixty and, feet tall. Sixty feet tall. That's insanely. And tall. Steve is at the top of it, <laughs> top of this fucking tree that was like zapped in half, basically. And he's like swinging back and forth, sawing off all the little branches before they can chop it down all the way. And they're married at this point. So they get. So they're working on this tree. It took them like all day after they're already exhausted from the bush. At the end of it, they relax. They finally relax for a moment. And Steve looks to Terry and goes, so you want to get married? I just ruined the story. No. Yeah. We were going to get there. You them up. You set me up. <laughs> yeah. And I knocked I them down. I swear I didn't know. He yeah. cut the tree down and then asked her. Okay. Yeah. That's very romantic. I guess. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Most people opt for a nice restaurant, but yeah. what are you going to do? Uh, no ring either, <laughs> from what I know of. Yeah, he didn't have a ring. He's just like, so want to get married? Like, like you like want to get beers or something? So June fourth, nineteen ninety two, they're married. They the mar- the wedding is actually back in Oregon, um, and like some of Steve fam- family come. They have like four hundred people. Uh, you know, nice ceremony, very beautiful. That's still a big wedding, 400 people. Yeah, I think she had a bigger, more normal family that wasn't, you know. Not, yeah, not was like it like a... 399 people and then him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and on his side, it's yeah. just a bunch of animals. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's a koala bear, a kangaroo. A bunch of dead animals. Yeah. Imagine his, his family table, there's literally koalas sitting at the table eating dinner. <laughs> it's like, that's my brother? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My brother told me. Yeah. yeah, just a taxidermied kangaroo. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lizard on the dance floor. <laughs> and in the pouch, he puts and some that's flowers. that's just the maid of honor. Oh! oh, 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 oh. Lot lizard. <laughs> Come on. Steve, Steve would say, this was the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. Talking wow. about the wedding. And he had been like, he was doing that tree a second ago. I mean, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> what did they make him wrestle an alligator on the dance floor? <laughs> yeah. No, but getting... that's why it was scary for him. Getting... That was called the first dance, Alejandro. <laughs> <laughs> With the mom. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you all these things we're imagining her parents were thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and were scared of happening in front of their family. Yeah. Um and then at, after the wedding and stuff. They they were gonna go on a honeymoon in the Pacific Northwest. They had everything planned out. Beautiful spot. Steve goes to her after the wedding. Do you want to go on the honeymoon that we have planned, or do you want to go catch some crocs? Um, apparently, this. And he was talking about the shoes. Hello. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> you want to get these pre-releases or what? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, uh, yeah, I actually want to do our honeymoon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I gotta go back for a bit here because this guy. What happened is after the wedding, this guy John Staten called. John Staten would be his like collaborator and partner in television and all like the media stuff he would do for the rest of his career. So this guy he had met in the eighties and stuff. He would always Steve would always be the person that brought like the the wild animal and stuff to for Steve to like shoot in commercials and you know documentaries and stuff like that, smaller things where Steve wouldn't really be in it, but the the animals would be very important person in his career. He was a award-winning, you know, docu- documentary filmmaker, very talented guy. Him and Steve did like some beer commercials together, but they never really, you know, did that did that much stuff together. They did some beer commercials. They yeah, they did one beer commercial where um they wanted it to look like there was a um uh some Australian guy threw a beer to a crocodile and he caught it in his mouth and then it was like, you know, Foster's beer, whatever. <laughs> and Steve would like put together stuff like that. So he was sort of a personality. He was no the no, animal. He was were, like the handler. He was the handler. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. He was the handler. He wasn't uh, in the commercials. He wasn't in the commercials yet. All right. Yeah, gotcha. He was not the star of the show yet. Okay. He was but, pimping his product first. He was pimping his product. And then eventually <laughs> there was some smart camera guy that's like, let's point this a little bit to the left yeah kind of what happened is he gave he steve had all these old vhs tapes that he would like put like in on a tree or something while he wrestled a crocodile or like you know in the mud while he like grabbed snakes and shit and so he had his own it was like the early jackass i was just gonna (laughs) say that like skater videos but for more or less like when bam major margera was doing like that the earlier stuff before they made a jackass yeah before don vito Okay, we don't have to bring up Don Vito. Before again. Wild Boys. <laughs> before Wild Boys. Way before Wild Boys. John Stanton got these tapes and stuff, and he brought them around to like TV stations. They're like, I want to make stuff with my friend here, Steve Irwin, super talented guy. Um, and then the TV station was like, this is too rough. Like, I can't, we can't do anything with this stuff. It's like bad VHS quality tapes and stuff. So they but were. The quality was poor for them? The quality, like the the overall camera work and uh, audio, was like it was like a regular. Like this is the amateur. Do shit. you remember like an eighties video camera? Yeah, those were like, you know, the quality was shit. You know, the the audio off the microphone was just not good. Yeah, if and, you were a serious documentarian, you'd be working with sixteen millimeter film, and or that something. and that's what John's working with, but he didn't have that because Steve had given him all this old footage and they didn't shoot anything on their own. So what they had to do was basically he had like, let's try to find some situation where we can, you know, we can get together and shoot something together. Yeah. Like something that happens. It just so happens 
that there was a 15 foot crocodile somewhere in the bush that was like threatening people uh, like that were living around that area. Threatening Betty White. Betty White. And they, they, <laughs> and they, they like want placid reference. They either wanted it. <laughs> oh, I didn't get it at first. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good like. You're placid welcome, everybody. Yeah. Reference. <laughs> <laughs> she was feeding the croc in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> After he threatened her. So, uh, <laughs> we'll leave it there. <laughs> she was friends with the croc in that movie. Remember, she liked him more than the humans. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. she called the humans cocksuckers. Cocksuckers. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, so John. Mark's about to call us uh, <laughs> cocksuckers. <laughs> so, John calls him right away and just says, We got it. It's like now we're never with this right now. This is a perfect scenario. I got my whole crew right here we're gonna go shoot this let's do it and then and then steve is like fuck i gotta go on my honeymoon so luckily terry's like all right i'll go and we'll we'll go together oh so there was something to him saying do you actually want to catch crocs yeah there was something real about that because yeah because that's what happened i mean fuck if you're gonna blow off a honeymoon this is the reason to do it yeah and no brainer yeah and she's fully on board with his career and all these kind of crazy rash decisions that she has to go along with as a newlywed with this fucking guy. So he had aspirations to yeah. actually make things bigger. And I think she did too. She saw in him, even on the first meeting at, you know, his shitty family zoo that he had something bigger to offer. Yeah. And she was going to help him kind of put that together. Cause I'm trying to think like, really there wasn't any, I mean, other than national geographic, there was, um, Jack Hanna, Jack Hanna. Yes, that was the guy that, was that literally did it, it before he kind of, Took Jack Hanna's spot. I almost said Hanna Barbera. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Yogi Bear. Yeah, no yeah. Jack nope. Hanna. But literally, he was the only guy. But still, what Steve Irwin would eventually do—that's not the same style as Jack Hanna. Absolutely not. Jack Hanna was even keel, chill. He was like the Casey Kasem of the animal world. Like, oh, check this out. Yeah, you know, I think Steve animal. Irwin was was Jack Hanna on crack, kind of. <laughs> He'd come Steve in. He was like. He, Let's get him. Yeah. <laughs> Irwin was like more of the, like he would go on Conan. He was like a bigger character that yeah. even Conan was. He need like fucking, you know, outshadow him totally. Yeah. And yeah, so he was like his own thing where that's what happened when they first went to Discovery Television. They're like, you know, usually the animal is the star of the attraction with Discovery. Here, it's like Steve. And that's not usually how we do things. So they gave him a shot and eventually... You know, it turned out to be yeah. the biggest money maker in the world for them. So smart. And this is before YouTube, where yeah. now everybody in the world is saying, oh, I got a personality. Yeah. I'm interesting. But there's still nobody doing what he's doing. Yeah. Then even now. Yeah. You know, th- there are people doing extreme things, but it's not the same. Not on the level. Yeah. Not with the same skill. No. Yeah. Well, Some of them die. What happens is, is they shoot. Thank God. All, they shoot all. They shoot all this stuff. <laughs> no, I mean you know survival of the fittest. What, Mark? <laughs> John Staten. They shoot all this stuff with him, so they have all this kind of footage that they put together. They were going to capture this fifteen foot crocodile, 
which they weren't able to get because he had already been shot by poachers. Oh, no. So they went around and they found another crocodile, not as big, but they caught that one. And they used that one and they put together all this footage and they sent it around to TV stations. Um, and it, it got some traction around Australia. Like he became like a local star. I believe it. They aired it and like it gradually and gradually, it was slow, but it eventually got bigger and bigger and more people started coming to the zoo that Terry and Steve were now running. So the, the parents, Bob um, and his wife, Lynn, gave it to them. So they're running it. When they're running at the beginning, they're making no money. They're making like 20 bucks a day. Like basically the shitty yeah. zoo that no one goes to. Same as ever. Same as ever. Once They went to making like 600 bucks a week. Once the, the stuff started airing, like the Steve doing his Crocodile Hunter stuff, they're making like $700 a day. And then they're making forty five hundred a week, and then more and more, like ten thousand a week, and they just yeah. exp- exponentially just grew from there. And then, kind of like the rest is history. But yeah. like that's how he started his trajectory to becoming like the crocodile hunter he eventually became. I wonder if they really only wanted to use that as advertising for the actual sanctuary, or if they wanted it to be like the actual thing, and then people can also go here. Yeah, like tourism. Um, I think I think if you ask Steve, he'd probably maybe say that his you know his initial uh, reason was he wanted to get money for conservation stuff. Yeah, but I think I think he really wanted to secretly just want to be a big star. Yeah, <laughs> that makes he has the most a disposition sense. Disposition for it. Yeah, and, and and I think it's a win-win though. Either way, who cares? It's yeah, a, it, it gets people interested and brings awareness. Brings awareness to animals and animal safety and stuff. And like you know, it it his big thing was against poachers. He hated poachers because they would just kind of shoot. That's like, the like, worst. Just like Crocodile Dundee did also. Yeah. Before him, I think you know he Paul kinda, Hogan. He kind of phased. Yeah, Paul Hogan. Was he against poachers? In the movie, yeah. If you watch oh, the, the first movie, movie yeah. 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 <laughs> you think Mark knows much about the real I was Paul like, Hogan? Wow, do you really know that much about Paul Hogan? <laughs> I'm <laughs> talking about fictional characters here. <laughs> Although he did resurface lately in L.A. What dead? No, they took <laughs> photos of him. The you top know, like, of a lake, like paparazzi, and he was kind of acting like Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino. Uh, yeah, he's just like a crusty old man. He's like an angry now. old dude now? Uh, yeah. That sounds like a didgeridoo, how the way you do that. <laughs> yeah, he's just a grunting didgeridoo. <laughs> Kill all these Asian people. Oh, okay. Okay. And Mark Wahlberg is like, yo, this is a good dude. Yeah, I like I like, I like his message. <laughs> and the crocodile, I was like, I never, I like, I drive a Toyota. Okay, so <laughs> where were we, Paul Hogan? So. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's a good reference though because actually there are some similarities. Crocodile Dundee was a phenomenon in the eighties, yeah, and that was all due to the outlandish personality of Aussie Paul Hogan, yeah. And so Steve Irwin is almost a continuation of that, more or less. Yeah, the American fascination with Australia. Yeah, and I I think what happens is. He's getting bigger in Australia. He gets too big for Australia. And so where do people, where do Australians go after they get too big in, in Australia? Japan. <laughs> no. Big try in a, Japan. Try again. Portland, Oregon. No. Try again. <laughs> Canada. 
Bethesda, Maryland. <laughs> because that is, at that time, the headquarters of Discovery Channel. Oh, really? Oh, hey. Yeah. Wow. So they go there and they pitch the, the ideas. And like I said, the Discovery executives were like, the animals should be the stars here. Why is this kind of crazy Australian guy in front of everyone? Yeah. And they're like, that's just how he does it. You know, he's like, you know, got boundless energy. He's a crazy guy. And this is what this is what he does. Yeah. So this is pre reality show, because that seems like such a stupid mindset to have it's, as an executive. Like the animals should be the star. Yeah. Why should you have an outsized personality on TV? Like, duh. But yeah. it does make sense because everything up until that point is Jack Hanna and like all these people who are like, oh, look at this thing. Or like, shows with zero ratings that nobody gets. And there's a not shit. a big market. I for, mean, Jack Hanna was big back in the 80s. Well, but and he early was 90s. also just a, a guest on a on talk shows. He yeah. wasn't the star like, of look talk at this shows. Bird. That's what Steve Irwin became. He became, he like, became the main character on shows. He wasn't just a secondary ancillary character. How weird. You get a, <laughs> yeah. mo- you get a monkey. Uh, Carson's <laughs> like, we got some birds here. Yeah, yeah. They, would, they would jump on Eddie and be like, oh, get those off of me. <laughs> shoot on my shoulder. Daddy, shoot it off me. These are some w- weird, wild feathers. We I'm not drunk enough here. for this yet. Pooped in my hair. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people think I didn't publish this clearing house. I have a gambling problem, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> so either way, they go to Discovery and they're a huge fucking hit. They go to not Discovery, the regular one, but Animal Planet, which is like a new thing that they had just started in 1996. Yeah. That was like a cool channel for yeah. the kids, Animal Planet. And that's where he's shown and he like he like he he exploded that channel and it was nothing before him. 96, that is earlier than I thought Animal Planet would be uh, started at. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I always thought that was like, I don't know, 99 going into like the 2000s, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Because it wasn't a thing, really. Because cable was king back in the day. You had to pay for all these extra channels. So I don't you know still kind of got... do, though. Yeah, but that would have been like a big paid channel for sure. Yeah. That wouldn't have been on the regular package. And there was always big news noticeable when there was a new channel. Yeah. So you're always kind of interested. Yeah. That one I was a little too old for. I remember when Cartoon Network came out. Yes. And I almost shit myself. That was a yeah. big one. Yeah. Animal yeah. Planet, though, am I right? We were a little past the age where we would have been excited about that. Yeah. I mean, we were, I was way past. Yeah. yeah. I, I was like, I don't really care about this. We were 10 when it came out. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I yeah, could yeah. see why you didn't notice that right. much. I think everyone was aware, though, of this guy. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, well, even he, if you didn't watch. He did his first Conan, I think, is around 97. So, like, okay. he, he became a bigger star with the TV show. He does Conan. You know, he starts doing Jay Leno. He's like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> was that him or Leno? <laughs> I think that was both. They were in sync just saying, <laughs> hey, Steve, crikey. Hey, yeah. You hear that, Kevin? Yeah. I can do Australian. <laughs> hey, Yubi. Um, crikey, Yubi. <laughs> so around <Maybe>. this time. <laughs> Maven, <laughs> check out this crocodile guy. <laughs> It bit me. <laughs> hey, I don't have a hand anymore. Hey, maybe it's like, Kevin. Hey, maybe it's like I use a python. <laughs> you want to do the honeymoon or you want to go fight some gators? Do you mind if I wrap it around your neck? <laughs> I don't spend my Tonight Show money. <laughs> You're on the way out, maybe. I got a garage full of gators. <laughs> Come check them out. I'm, not, I'm looking for a plaza 
invisible death for you. <laughs> I got a rocket powered gator. I got a big insurance policy. I got a gator policy on you. <laughs> <laughs> Mavis must be hearing all this. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> this yeah, is too much. <laughs> Which one is it? <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Jack Hannah. We got the, the crocodile guy coming. <laughs> yeah, we cleaned out your locker, Mr. Hannah. <laughs> we, we made the crocodile hunter's name tag on it. <laughs> You might name you on someday, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll give someone else for you. I'll get you on my 10 o'clock show in 10 years. Could have low ratings, but you know, yeah, yeah, have it all. It's going to go nowhere. You can do it. Oh, my God. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Just when we thought we had too much Leno in these episodes, yeah, yeah. never enough, never baby. Enough. And he man. always comes up. Yeah. Well, and our subjects do Leno. Well, he he was the fucking host of the biggest talk show for thirty years. Or True. Something. Yeah, way too long. He stuck around way too long. <laughs> way too long. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reason why. Because Johnny, he was kind of in and out a little bit. Johnny. Hey, I've had too much to drink. Uh, <laughs> um, so anyway, let's get back on track here. Okay, guys, you, yes. with, you with me? We're with you. Okay, shit. so croco- Crocodile Hunter Frenzy is hitting the United States and hitting the world, basically. He is crushing everything. So huge ratings. Huge ratings. He's all over the place now. All over the place. He's on ESPN. He's doing commercials there for like the Florida Gator Bowl. I can just picture even... Some of those ads, like in magazines, where it said "Crikey, yeah. really big." It's like the the montage of the guy getting way too big. This is yep. like this is it. Do you That's want it. Do you want to play the uh, the Florida Gator ESPN commercial real quick? Listen, Steve, I hear you. I mean, if it's up to me, right, we'd have the crocodile hunting twenty four seven. Exactly. Every single time I do my bootlaces up, I'm staring death right in the eyes. How many baseballers are doing that? I'm with you. That's for sure. Crikey, stand back, John. Have a go at the size of this beauty. Okay, mate, That's the Florida Gator uh, mascot. I'll have him subdued any minute now. I'll catch up with you later. John! I'll have off. him subdued any minute now. <laughs> yeah, the Florida Gator is winning that battle. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they call a home run ad. Yeah. yeah, that was great. Yeah. So, yeah, he's crushing everything, crushing life. He goes to the Cable Ace Awards in 1997 with Ooh. his wife. Ace-o. Ace-o. <laughs> 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 and during these awards in uh, in Los Angeles, he gets his wife pregnant in Los Angeles. He during the awards ceremony? I think on stage, yeah. Wow. <laughs> He's like, hey, everyone, watch this. I want to impregnate this lot lizard. <laughs> Is that what he calls his wife? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> lizard one, lizard two. I'll have a subdued any time now. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was consensual. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, in her book, though, she does it in detail to explain, you know. They it, did it like during this trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but that's what she tracked it back to. I don't know. I don't know, you know, how that how they were detailing that. Who knows? Yeah. But anyway. She sat on his lap. Yeah. 
Go on. Kyle's going to die. Never mind. Continue. Okay. Uh, Either way, on July 24th, 1998, Bindi Irwin was born. Bindi. The Bindi. The Bindi is your baby. Um, (laughs) The Bindi ate my baby. Steve went nuts when she was born. He grabbed her from Terry and ran down the hallway yelling, I have a daughter. And the nurse goes, is he coming back? <laughs> <laughs> and um, Bindi, is that an Australian name? Yeah, it means something. I forget. Okay. It, it's like an Aborigine name, um, which I'm sure the woke people will go crazy. You mean like appropriating it? What does it mean? Kyle, do you have that? It means little girl. Oh. Uh, it is an um, often used Australian Aboriginal term. Yeah. Meaning so, little girl. Little girl. It's and, a little bit on the nose, isn't it? And in India, <laughs> yeah, it means a forehead decoration. So it's on the forehead, not on the nose. Okay? Oh, the bindi, yeah. <laughs> 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 right. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay. Yeah. A cool name, I think. I think it's a proper Australian name. It seems sure. Like. Proper. Well, but what do I know? Um, Why not? Yeah. But with great happiness comes great tragedy. Jesus. Oh, boy. Don't do this. February 11, 2000, Steve's mom dies in a car accident. Oh, no. Steve was crushed. She was crushed. Okay. Oh, <laughs> he got there before I did. <laughs> it was like it was like the easiest volleyball yeah. set up I left for you guys there. And, and, uh, and Alejandro spiked it. Oof. You're um, welcome. Yeah. But yeah, and it, my condolences. It was a rough time because he 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 loved his parents very much. He was like a very, I think he was a very nice, simple guy, and that's like a you know a rare thing these days. Yeah, but he can't be stopped. You know, this this train stops for no one. The uh, you know the Crocodile Hunter Express. So he's still crushing not even it. for his mom. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's actually what hit her. <laughs> the Crocodile Express. <laughs> He's like, mommy, can't move. <laughs> um, can't change course. So around 2001 to 2002, he went from being the weird guest on talk shows to becoming a movie star. Movie I remember star. this thing. 2002, this The Crocodile Hunter, collision course, major motion picture. I remember oh. booing the trailer at the Braintree AMC. 10. Well, let's watch the trailer. <laughs> let's see if you boo here, too. <laughs> Why did you boo? Because I was like, he's getting too big for his britches. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) You're not allowed to make movies. I like his earlier stuff. You might know me as the crocodile hunter. Have a look at this little beauty, will you? This is an African lion. But I'm in no danger. He's become a Hollywood lion. He's been sitting in this MGM logo for 77 years. Tough job, mate. That's like the lion from Roar. Oh, yeah. And the one that attacked Jane Mansfield's kid. Yeah, future episode. Oh, God. Too soon. Of course, in my new movie, The Crocodile Hunter Collision Course, we make this bloke look like a real pussycat. That's it? We don't have to boo here. Yeah, that's enough. Yeah, that's that's enough of that. So that's the trailer you saw? Yeah. And you booed? Yeah, because I think I was, at the time, a very young boy. And I felt like I had like a 
like punk rock status on certain celebrities, and I felt like I knew him before he was big, and he was getting too big, and I didn't like. So it. you did like his earlier stuff. That's yeah, what of course. To say. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're like the REM fans that you claim yeah. they've sold out. Something's not adding up with Kyle's journey here. Nothing. I had, always said nothing that adds I up with Kyle ever. ever. You didn't even remember when Animal Planet landed in 1996. You made because I told you that. Yeah, you made no claim <laughs> that you enjoyed his show. I loved Steve Irwin. And suddenly now he's too big for his britches doing the movie and you don't approve? Yes. Okay. 100%. Like, it is abrupt. Doesn't make it's sense. It's out of to the me. blue. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm an Uber fan, like, crazy fan of his. Because to We're boo the trailer, yeah. like, I, I would have booed maybe Attack of the Clones trailer or something at that time. Sure. I didn't give a fuck That's about a detestable Steve thing. Irwin doing a movie. Yeah. Why don't, you, why don't you support the guy? Jesus Christ. No, his mom boo. just died, you asshole. Yeah. Well, yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> well, well, apparently, you're this crazy fan. You're like the fanatic. You, you're crazy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> By the way, you know how the dots always connect sure. in the Die universe? Yeah. You know the name of Jay Leno's movie that he did in the 80s? What? Collision Course. Oh, my God. Oh. With Pat Morita? Oh. Yeah. Wow. The same name. Pat Morita? Yeah. How's that? Hey, Pat. Him and Pat Morita were actually stand-up friends. They both did stand-up together. Pat Morita did stand-up? Yes. Oh, my God. Funny guy. Yeah. Wax on, wax off. You guys don't seem that amazed that they both started a movie called Collision (laughs) Course. And there was a 2007 album named Collision Course. By Limp Bizkit. No. Jay-Z and Linkin Park. Yeah, because the two, two genres were colliding then. That's right. I f- I fought so hard. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, whatever. Before it is. the documentary on ch- sex trafficking, yes, that, that killed Chester Bennington. Okay, we I, we're going down a hole. I, I want to just get some things out of the way here, but I do have some. <laughs> I do have a conspiracy here too to Perfect. transition into mine. Uh, the premise of this movie, Collision Course, is that a CIA satellite has a small little beacon that falls off into the earth and into you guessed it. A crocodile's mouth. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. We didn't guess it. <laughs> He's giving us a lot of credit. We didn't even say shit. Yeah. <laughs> so the entire movie is just Steve Irwin doing his regular crocodile greatest hits while a, a side B story is going on with the CIA and stuff. So, like, he's not really acting the entire movie. So, basically, it's like every other movie that's ever been made. Pretty, yeah. yeah, but like he's just doing his show while like a side story is going on because uh, yeah, well they filmed like extras being like all right we're in the movie too <laughs> yeah <laughs> they threw in some CIA subplot to exactly compliment to compliment to compliment the show and then it, it it kind of like ties in later but you know it's 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 kind of a hack movie clearly Kyle's not this is why I booed yeah. He didn't win the Oscar. Let's put it that way. Roger Ebert gave the film three out of four stars. No shit. He and he said, hated Tommy Boy. And Tommy Boy fucker, yeah. got one. <laughs> Tommy Boy got one star. Yeah. That's crazy. He said his quote is you see a couple of likable people journeying through the outback. That's what Tommy Boy is. Not the outback though. Except it was <laughs> the Midwest. The Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe Ebert hates I got it. Self hating. He's a Midwest critic. Ooh. Oh. Is he from the Midwest? He's from Chicago, right? Yeah, the yeah. Chicago Sun Times. Mm. 
Champaign-Urbana, where he went yeah. to school and had his film festival. But in this movie, they shit on the CIA. They shit on George W. Bush. They kind of make fun of the war in Iraq a little bit. I don't know. We're going to have to live stream this. Yes. <laughs> this sounds like a very deep movie compared to what I thought it was. Yeah, for real. Yeah. The CIA, like... There's some shit going on. They in the, fuck with George Bush and the CIA in the this satellites movie. In a involved. kids movie, no less. <laughs> yeah, that I booed. Yeah, at oh, the so, Braintree Ten. So no. you were a bushy. I was. That's it, why you booed. Yep. Okay. In the movie, George W. Bush ordered CIA helicopters to take out the fucking the crocodile hunter. In the movie, does someone play Bush? I don't know who plays Bush. Maybe it's the guy from That's My Bush, probably. Yeah, he was playing Bush a lot. He man. was playing Bush on Comedy Central then, yeah. too. Yeah. He also did a serious Showtime movie where he played Bush. Oh, so really? He was, so he was doing comedy and drama as Bush. Wow, that guy's got range. Timothy Bottoms. No, Timothy Bottoms? That's his name, Timothy Bottoms from The Last Picture Show. He got a great he, bottom. Nobody will top Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Oh, that was good, yeah. That was right. pretty good. And uh, what's his name? The, no, no. Um, no, in Vice. Vice. Yeah. W is jo- Josh Brolin. Yeah. I don't oh, know who right, right. I don't know who played him in this, but I don't know. It's weird. Like, then a couple years later, the crocodile hunter winds up dead. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. So Bush ordered it? Okay. I If you say so. Um, We're going to smoke him out of his <laughs> crocodile Out land. of the ocean. Uh, so... With all this great, you know, success with the crocodile hunter Steve Irwin comes some controversies and some bad times here. This is Steve. He's Irwin. holding a baby. Steve holding a baby. Hunter Steve Irwin takes his one-month-old son to his debut crocodile feeding in Brisbane, Australia. <laughs> insanity. What the fuck? That's insane. Not since Michael Jackson dangled his baby over a balcony <laughs> has a celebrity's parenting decisions been so questioned. This is only that happened after <laughs> Michael Jackson dangled his kid over. Yeah. There. So <laughs> for people that couldn't see there, he's has his young son Bob, um, uh, in his left arm while he's dangling a piece of chicken at a like 12 foot crocodile yeah that is uh that's right next to them and then as soon as the crocodile goes away he he like puts the kid like he's walking in the grass like team america world police pretty much he's just like scampering in the path of the crocodile like in the fucking this arena with a crowd there and people are cheering yeah it's like the coliseum yeah. Where they want to see some bloodshed. So Steve Irwin carries his one-month-old son, Robert, in his arm while hand-feeding a chicken carcass to Murray, a 12-foot-6 saltwater crocodile. Uh, the infant was close to the crocodile, and comparisons were made to uh, Michael Jackson, obviously dangling his son outside a German hotel window. And it's never great when you're compared to Michael Jackson. No. Not at that year. Never. <laughs> Not any year. Yeah. Uh, 1981, it's probably a good year to be compared to him. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll give you that. His wife, Terry, said publicly that he was in complete control of the situation in the camera angles 
were dece- de- uh, deceiving to make it look like it was more dangerous than it was. That's what they always say. Yes. When they put a baby in danger. <laughs> For real. <laughs> it was the camera angle. Yeah, Michael Jackson's like, people couldn't see. I had the baby real tight. And it, it was <laughs> impossible that yeah. it would fall. You, if you see it, it that's what it looks that What looks like is happening is happening. You know? That was such a good Michael Jackson, by that's the way. That's a great <laughs> Go down in history. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was Bindi. That was Bindi. <laughs> Poor Bindi. Well, the Bindi Bob. Um, Jesus. The the incident uh, made the Queensland government actually change their crocodile handling laws, banning children and untrained adults from entering crocodile enclosures because wow. there's a kid in the middle of a fucking open pit with <laughs> fucking crocodiles. <laughs> oh my God. It's, it's a two year old baby. The baby can, it can't even walk. It shouldn't be That baby near. didn't even look to. That yeah, it was less. probably younger. Yeah. What if they fudged the birth certificate just because <laughs> they knew they were in trouble? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was big news. Yeah. I forgot that happened, but yeah, it was Michael Jackson and him doing the crazy baby stuff. Yeah. I, mean, that, I don't remember the crocodile hunter thing happening at all, but I do obviously remember the Michael Jackson thing. The Australian government uh, child protective services, remember I mentioned earlier that oh. they were going to become involved again? They they paid a visit to the uh, Irwin uh, family home. No shit. Unfortunately, now, like, there's no more snakes in the walls and fucking koalas, you know, in cabinets. So. They're on their way. <laughs> Steve's like, we got to get rid of the pythons <laughs> in the walls. It's like Goodfellas. <laughs> Terry, yeah, Terry, grab the crocs. <laughs> They're flushing snakes on the toilet. <laughs> Karen! <laughs> Take off your snake skin. <laughs> yeah, Karen, those koalas were all we had, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some cop like licks uh, the inside of a, a barrel and it's like a piece of a snake. We got your scumbag. <laughs> they find a bunch of babies in the basement. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> it's like, you got the wrong idea here. <laughs> We're running a daycare in the sanctuary. <laughs> Anton LaVey is standing there. <laughs> uh, it, this was a, like this was not a joke though. Like he really, he almost lost his discovery contract. He almost lost like uh, advertisers. He like contracts. He almost got really fucked by this. He went on Larry King. He went on you know the Today Show. He did a bunch of shit to co- apologize deeply and sincerely. The dreaded wow. apology tour. He did. He yeah. was scared for his fucking life. He did do a bunch of shows, and he was manic. Saying like, uh, like recreating the scenario. Yeah, I remember saying like, oh, you know, uh, you, you don't understand. The baby was in no danger. Yeah, I was holding it. He explains that I have a Larry King uh, clip here. This is what he says here. And Associated Media and Journalists, and some dignitaries too, Australian dignitaries. Now, this is at a time in my life where life was good. You know, I'd been nominated as a Austra- uh, for uh, Australian of the Year. Okay, let's get to I the think, situation. You know, riding this incredible, <laughs> great wave, and so. Steeped in family tradition, I got little Bob, and I feed this crop. Bob? Yeah, Bob is the son that he had. Oh, so it wasn't Bindi. She would have been older. No, Bindi was older. Bindi was Gotcha. I got little Bob, 
and I feed this crocodile and then, you know, I run him down to the pond, you know, just having fun with my son like I do, whether it was in front of people or whether I do it on the carpet at home on the floor. It's showing the footage which I do now. This day. Four cameras at different angles. Okay. The three news cameras. <laughs> oh my no, god. I'm sorry. That baby is to close the to the crocodile. It's so close. They went, oh, it's a good news story, but it doesn't work. Never showed it. Okay. So yeah, it's that's where he, after that he starts getting into the angles more. And that's where I'm like, shut the fuck up, dude, about the angles. Like that yeah. crocodile could have just fucking scurried right to him and like taken that kid that's out. That's not easily. trick photography. No. That baby was in super close. close proximity. You know what this reminds me of? John Schur from from Woodstock saying, "Oh, it's because the press wanted to make it look bad." Yeah, it's always exactly. the pr- yeah, Trump the, does that. Fucking everyone. The media does is that. out to get them. The media is out to get. And you. I hate to say it, but from that point on, he really wasn't well loved anymore. The crocodile hunter. Yeah. After that movie, I think that Kyle, you know, felt the need to boo it. But I, I think, <laughs> I think he was he was on the downward slope. I think he peaked in like two thousand two. And I think he was on the downward slope. You think so? Yeah, I think like 99, 2000 was probably the peak. Interesting. 2001, let's say, right? Because that leads to the movie. Sure. But this baby incident, and then people started looking into like, it's not really that safe what he's doing on TV. Well, some some people were like, he's kind of fucking with animal habitats and stuff. Yeah. He went up to like the North Pole and like the glaciers and they said like, we didn't really like what he was doing up there. They said he was like scaring animals when he would like, you know, go in the bush and like fuck with them. He's he like instigating. He's instigating. Yep. The pe- he's got a. <laughs> that'll come up very soon actually the oh instigating. but yeah i think you're right I, th- I think there was a fatigue of uh of the crocodile hunter for sure and i just want to say that i can confirm that timothy bottoms plays george w bush in, in that movie in collision i kind of knew i don't know why i knew that but yeah the uh the, that's my bush actor who got oh, that's who, the same guy from that's my bush yeah, yeah okay. he got a lot of work from that actually yep. yeah Nice there's, work if you can get it. There's a lot of George <laughs> yeah. Person, Bush impersonators that got work at that time. And one yeah. of the biggest ones, the most popular, he died a few years ago. That's another story. Yeah. Yeah. Death and very little entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> no entertainment <laughs> what, whatsoever. Yeah. No, there's a, a comedian that did Bush all the time. Oh, and then I he died. What you're talking yeah. about. Terry Irwin said her child was in no more danger than one being taught to swim. I'm yeah, like, okay. Swim in a pool of piranhas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was water there. Teach him to swim. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Bob. Let's see the backstroke. But he he agreed that he would never do this ever again. So I guess that oh, okay. like, like bygones be bygones and crocodiles be crocodiles. Everything <laughs> was totally fine. I'll never do it again, but everything was totally fine. Yeah. And the thing <laughs> I did, break. The, the thing I didn't do wrong will never happen yeah, again. Yeah, but let me stress I'll never do it again. Yeah. Steve Bridges, that's the comedian that had a career of playing Bush. Okay. Uh, Drop dead. No relation to Jeff. Um, or the London Bridge. <laughs> Mark, are we talking about something here? Yeah. Uh, like everything tends to do, the controversy died down. People just forgot all about it. Steve didn't lose any contracts. Uh, he still had his uh, relationship with uh, Animal Plant and Discovery, so he was doing well. And uh, Terry. And Terry and Terry stuck with them, you know, thick and thin. These two would always stick together. That was their big thing. You know, we're a team. We're a unit. You know, us against the fucking world. Can you imagine if she was pissed about the baby thing? <laughs> she was not pissed at all. Which I, 
She's like, that you is... didn't go far enough. Yeah, well, I know she's from Portland. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. You didn't go far enough. <laughs> yeah. Should have put him in the fucking mouth. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the Boston. Yeah, why is she from Boston now? <laughs> you fucking pussy. Yeah. She's from South Boston. What are you, Portland. a queer? Yeah. <laughs> Dangle the kid. <laughs> you a queer? What are you afraid he's going to eat the baby? <laughs> Fuck these fucking naysayers. Fucking throw that fucking baby in that crocodile's mouth. Are you getting no pussy tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Either punt or no cut. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, anyway. She's booing. The court. <laughs> She's also booing his trailer with Kyle. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> Isn't that your husband? Yeah. Boo! This guy's gay. You're booing them having sex. Like. He barely fucks. <laughs> Barrel sex. You see those shorts? Yeah. Queer. <laughs> Order in the court. Okay. Kangaroo court. Okay. He's still working. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of he phased, but you know he he hung on. Yeah. And Discovery still loves him because he's made them fucking tons of money, and he's not gotten a lot of it for himself, to be honest. Really? It doesn't seem like it. It doesn't seem like his contracts are. It's also basic cable, and it's like you know he just. I don't think he ever worked. He's not like a killer like that where he he asks for what he's worth. In my opinion, he just doesn't know what he's worth. I think Terry was like a good business person, but she didn't really put it together well enough for them to like get like fuck you money from Discovery. I would have thought they had that by then. I don't know. It's the part of being a trailblazer, I think, being like one of the first of your own kind. Yeah. How do you judge what it's worth? Yeah. There's no big payday. But he was, I I think he he was still, what's that? Who do you put it up against? Yeah. Jack Jack Hanna. Hanna. He got paid 10 bucks an hour. (laughs) (laughs) so steve destroyed him then yeah um but yeah steve went back to work in september 2006 while terry irwin she was traveling with bindi and uh robert the kids steve irwin is he's off the queensland coast with uh john staten again and the whole crew and they're they're on the bat reef near port douglas queensland um they're taking part in the production of the documentary called oceans deadliest for discovery um, during a lull in filming caused by bad weather, Steve Irwin decided to snorkel in shallow waters while uh, while being filmed in an effort to provide footage for his daughter Bindi's television program. He was snorkeling. Yes. And wait, what's with this Bindi program? She was. She had a program that came out on uh, on Animal Planet Kids uh, the next year in 2007. So they were planning that. They were planning that. Huh. Yeah. So, so, but so why no, does he think that a no, no, snuff no. film is going to help her career? No, just to clarify, Ocean's this Deadliest, guy. Ocean's Deadliest was something else. That that was something they were filming that they couldn't really do right now in, yeah. in the deeper waters because of like the rain and bad weather and shit. But seriously, he's like, "Good, try, I'm going to get us some killer footage." Yes, for for me, Bindi. Literally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Literally. So him and the guys were in like chest deep water, like off the coast there. Steve is approached by a short tail stingray. Oh, he's approached. He's a pr- yeah. <laughs> Hello, good sir. Yeah. What you up to? It's a sales pitch. Little yeah. tip of the cap. Yeah. <laughs> we don't usually kill humans. <laughs> 
So the stingray is about six and a half feet wide, though, which is a big fucking. That's a big Whoa, approach, right huge. there. That's a pretty big wow. approach. I yeah. see that thing coming. I am jumping out of the water. So you swimming yeah. in Fukushima. These <laughs> <laughs> nuclear waters. Oh, because okay, yeah, because it's um Chernobyl. It's Chernobyl. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. These stingrays have like super sharp tails. It had like two heads. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the head is basically at the bottom of the stingray. If you ever seen one, like the mouth is like down here, yeah. And they have these big fucking stingrays that these big tails that like have like barb sharp things at the end of them. And so he's knowledgeable yeah. about this stuff. He's probably thinking like, "Oh, this is a stingray." You know what? I it's, think there's no danger here. You, you know what I think with him? I think he wasn't that good with like ocean animals. He was okay. really good with like bush inland animals yeah. like that and crocodiles, but he didn't really know what he was doing with animals like stingrays and shit. They are not deadly most of the time. Isn't that true? For humans. Yeah. Typically, no. No, it's rare. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's why I said it, it must have been a pissed off stingray and right. other stuff going on in its life that like this this was just like the straw that broke the camel's it, back. It heard the about stingray's the, back. It heard about the baby incident. <laughs> yeah. The stingray was just li- listening to too much Limp Bizkit. Yeah. The stingray was sitting next to Kyle when the trailer came out. Yeah, yeah, it watched the movie also. Yeah, yeah it yeah. had to sit through that because the stingray's girlfriend's really a fan of the crocodile hunter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, she's right. getting hot and bothered by the, the crocodile hunter. Yeah, that stingray was a CIA sympathy. Yeah, he lo- <laughs> he voted for George W. Bush. I think yeah. that's his Bush. In um, the Bush. Yeah. <laughs> so Steve, like, okay. So here's the the picture I'm painting here. Steve is like in chest deep water here. He sees a stingray down here. He goes over it. He's oh. going over the stingray. Does he want? I just want to swim over you. Yeah. I just and the stingray. It would have been like a beautiful moment for him. Picture the stingray here. Yeah, And like the Stingray has camera people all around it, sound people, all these fucking crazy people going on. He thinks it's being like coordinated and attacked. Yeah. So Steve Irwin is going over the top of it. Boom. The Stingray hits Steve in the fucking chest with its tail. Yeah. With the barbed tail. Yeah. So if people don't know, it's sharp enough to stab in and then there's like hooks uh, shaped for on the way out, it'll rip out anything that's inside you. Like a fisher, kind mm. of. Yeah, but, 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 but worse, but more barbs and stuff. Yeah, a yeah. lot more. That'll fucking and, destroy and so any flesh. Sharp enough to go right into any flesh and then pull out anything that yeah. uh, is inside. So it's, it's very destructive. And wasn't it like stabbing him multiple times really fast? No, it was stuck in him. That was the thing. No, it was stuck in him. It, it took a shot. They didn't want to pull it out. It, Be- hang on! It took a shot at the cameraman that was like, that was next to him. It almost hit the cameraman that, with this fucking tail, which is like for it had to be like six feet long. Also, the tail and it just missed the cameraman, and then it just hit, he took another shot and it hit Steve. So it was stabbing in the general area wow. of these guys. Wow! And, it, and Steve just had one of the cameramen just said he was just unlucky. Wow! Just unlucky that it, it hit the perfect spot. It goes into his chest, and one of those little ridges just punctured his heart. Yep, and just fucking exploded it. And it was like that's it. He thought he, he they thought it just punctured his lung, and they're like, yeah, that's something you can live from because you have two lungs. Uh-huh. And then right <laughs> right away, Steve just goes, "I'm dying." He just yeah, that was his last that? last words. I'm dying. I'm dying. Yeah. How apropos. 
Yeah. I it's just unlucky. Everything I didn't realize he was snorkeling. He was standing in the water. Yeah. Like it was very shallow. I knew it was a totally unnecessary endeavor. Uh, for someone like him, I that thought was he was a, out in the middle of nah. nowhere, like jumping off a boat and like landed on one or, and then fucking stabbed. Him. Or even filming for his actual show. Yeah. He's just trying to create content for his daughter's show. Yeah, he and, was taking a break from his show and trying to create some of Bindi's content. Ironically, his show was called the deadliest ocean or whatever yeah ocean's deadliest jesus uh his show was called i want to get this his show was called ocean's deadliest yeah yeah Yeah. (sighs) what was her show called more deadliest yeah (laughs) look what i did to my dad the ocean killed my dad (laughs) (laughs) and all i got was this stupid show (laughs) all i got this lousy (laughs) t-shirt forget about the dingo (laughs) yeah uh crew members uh aboard Irwin's boat administered cpr and rushed him to the nearby low isles a hospital where medical staff pronounced him dead. Jesus. So he was dead shortly after. Shortly after. I mean, it would. Well, they 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 brought him to a hospital and he and he was pronounced dead there. Um, I don't know. I think that's some Disney World uh, shit, saying like, oh, he made it to the hospital, but he, there's no way. Yeah, on the way, he was probably already dead. He was yep. dead in the water. For you sure. mean the tourism department of that? No, I, I mean, he was de- he had to have been gone in the water. Yeah, it's just if a you, protocol. If you yeah. puncture your heart, good luck. You're yeah, he's kind of saying short. that's a happier story that he died at the hospital. Yeah, no, I think. <laughs> I, I mean, generally it is if you have something to protect. Like yeah. Disney World famously, they will not pronounce someone dead on site. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for liability reasons. There was footage of. There was a production there. The production there was could say, "Hey, he died at the hospital, not here." There right. Was, there was footage of this death. Can we really? see it? No. There's Why a not? lot of fake footage out there. Lost footage. No, it it's there's footage, but John Staten had it, and he looked at it, and he said he would never show it to anyone, and he gave it to the police department, and they might have destroyed they it. Destroyed T- it. Terry said they destroyed it. John Staten said they it's it might still be around somewhere. The police department might have it, but there's a lot of fakes out there with a lot of fake like you know death. Uh, I definitely saw a fake one. They're all sure. fake. Out what there. was yeah. on that? It was just a guy in the water, that, but it was like the middle of the ocean and like f- bl- fake blood oh, coming okay. out. Yeah, that's uh, why you thought you it was could only the see the guy's back. Yeah, exactly. Ocean. Yeah, there's been some phony stuff talked about about uh, the. Steve Irwin's death. One thing was that um, he couldn't back up because the cameramen were behind him, and that's why it was able to sting him like that. The, they were like six to ten feet behind him, so that wasn't oh, like a true story at all. Fuck. So um, that is so. It literally was just unlucky. Yeah, unlucky. Wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. And the daughter, where is she? Where's Bindi? At this time? Yeah. Probably she... having a picnic on the beach. <laughs> well, you hate Bindi. Uh, so, oh, she's probably like enjoying her life. No, no, him, uh, Bindi, um, the mom, Terry, and Bob were traveling somewhere else. They okay, were... so it's because it's for her show. That's why I was wondering. No. She wasn't actually there. Like, just to clarify, because I did say this at the top, that it w- this was for his show. No, I know, but he was filming extra for her upcoming show. Yes, yes. Yeah, so that's why I was wondering if she was there for some reason. No, she wasn't there. Uh, she was traveling with Terry and um, and Bob. They they went on like some some special trip somewhere else. And they're probably having a great time. Yeah. Then they get a phone call. You you're not going to believe what happened. Well, what happened was yeah they, they were 
they were far away and they because it father's day was like a couple of days before oh. uh, australian father's day is in september um and he really di- yes i never knew that yeah and they were they were trying to reach the crocodile hunter or whatever you call him, uh steve Irwin. steve Irwin. and for father's day and they weren't able to get through to him because he was off filming all this stuff yes and uh and then all of a sudden they travel i they were going to like tasmania um the, the family was like uh terry and them and once they finally called back john um staten uh that's when he told them oh uh terry i'm so sorry um steve got hit by a stingray and then he died and then that's when she got that news he said it that casually I, I don't know exactly. I don't have any footage of him saying it, nor do we I have We had a nice uh, shoot so far, you know. Uh, uh, we got some good footage. Um, Steve did die, of course, but... <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it's just like in passing. Yeah. We had a good dinner what last you night. What <laughs> Yeah. You want to go get some grab? <laughs> You're single now, eh? Oh, no, Man. that's horrific. And then the daughter... Yeah. You know, just think of... The, you know, knowing that he was filming extra footage for your show. Yeah. But she was too young to kind of process no, it. Of course. Um, I, I, of course. But I'm just saying. Yeah. It's just a sad, perfect storm of tragedy here. Yeah. It's tough. It must have been, you know, horrible for them because it's just sort of a random thing. He was 44 years old, still a pretty young guy. Um, you know, he's, very, very young. Entire family, you know, life ahead of him. Still super famous and crushing it. And what coast is this? This is like the south coast of of Australia. Australia, yeah. Oh, he was home too. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Far away from like his zoo and stuff, right? But, but like still, you know, in Australia. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's her. You know, you can't even imagine. And everybody, when they heard the news, that's what you're thinking. Yeah. You're just like everybody oh was like, "What? Yeah, like really? A stingray got him." Yeah. What are we talking about? He, he should have been eaten by an alligator yeah. or something. Yeah. Not an alligator, not a python, not a shark, not a, a stingray. Not a crocodile, not even an alligator, because alligators are not really his forte, and they're not really in yeah. Australia anyway. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Um, so after Steve- I don't know the difference. <laughs> after Steve's death, there was a big ceremony at Australia Zoo which is like the family zoo. That was the final name of it, Australia Zoo. Uh, so it was the Birwa, whatever, you know, reptile fauna. And then it was the Queensland, uh, you know, reptile, blah, blah, blah. And now they settled and on- exotic cats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they settled on the name Australia Zoo. And so after Steve's death, there's a big ceremony in which uh, Russell Crowe MCs it. Um, and he beat the shit out of everyone there. Yeah. <laughs> he threw a telephone at the bus boys. <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> Fighting you. I'm going to go farm me that stingray. <laughs> Takes out a fork. Yeah. And, like, stabs it. Me and Tugger. <laughs> <laughs> you want to fuck with me? Come here, you fucking pussy stingray. Like, Russell, no one, ever, no one said anything to you. Like, <laughs> There's no stingray here. He didn't even know Steve Irwin. Yeah. <laughs> you probably didn't. Uh, yeah, a lot of people were there. That was weird to me. Hugh Jackman was there. Uh, Cameron Diaz, Justin Timberlake oh, from the beginning. Cameron Diaz. Yeah. Because she was dating 
at yeah. Timberlake, Timberlake at the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 But why, but why was Timberlake he there? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I got the song. Because he had the number one song at yeah. the time. <laughs> Sexy back. Hello. <laughs> Bringing Irwin back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe they just tried to get as many famous people there as possible. Yeah, he did like the candle in the wind. For, but, for but, it was, but it was sexy We're back. Bringing Steven back. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, this is so inappropriate, but I like this it. This is gratuitous, but <laughs> catchy. It's catchy. so bittersweet. I can't stop dancing. <laughs> bittersweet. <laughs> I hope he doesn't rip anyone's (laughs) chest off. (laughs) Uh, Kevin Costner is also there. Russell Crowe, like I said. David Wenham, don't know who that is. Kelly Ripa and Larry King were also there. Kelly Ripa? What the fuck fuck is is going on? Yeah, I don't know. Larry King? Steve, now, did you survive the stingray? But he loved Larry (laughs) King. He didn't. Yeah, he must have loved Larry King because... Answer me. In that... In that interview, he's like, you're the best broadcaster in the world. I love you, mate. Yeah. Talking about Larry King. That was Larry King to Steve. (laughs) (laughs) I love you, mate. And Larry King's like, did your show get canceled? (laughs) To bring up the uh, the Seinfeld. I went out on top. (laughs) I I wrestled the alligators all the way to the top. I was a stingray. On on top, mate. (laughs) Um, After Steve dies, there's some stingray abuse going on around Australia. Oh, they were, people the, took it out on the stingrays. People took it out on the stingrays. There was a vendetta. Vendetta. <laughs> I yeah. want your family dead. <laughs> Retribution. <laughs> Who the hell would go after stingrays in the ocean? The bushland retards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whoa. Now, these are coastal retards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at least 10 stingrays were found and mutilated on the beaches of Queensland after this. Oh, wow. With their tails cut off. <gasps> and and they had families. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. They had jobs. They had families. They had mortgages. Yeah. Yeah. Took their little stingray hats off. Uh, there was also some <laughs> negative backlash here. Bill Maher, professional comedian and asshole. <laughs> um, he wore a political st- commentator. Political commentator. Yeah. He wears many hats. And he wore the crocodile hunter's hat for Halloween in 2007. Prompting some backlash. Um, he dressed as the crocodile hunter, but with a stingray on his chest. Bill Maher did this? Yes. Wow. Was it 2006 or 2007? Uh, it could have been 2006. I, I think it was would have been 2006. No, 2006 would make more sense because Irwin died in 2000, in September. That's right. So yeah, wow. so that Halloween. So it's a, six weeks later. A bunch, of, a bunch of people so, were doing this costume. Though. Yeah, it was, it was like, not that original that year. Yeah. That and Borat were the big costumes. Yeah. Ugh. And he addressed it on real time. I remember seeing this. Yeah, he in said. In his new rules segment, he's like, stop giving me shit about my Halloween costume. Uh, yeah. Along he those lines. Rule. He said, he said, okay. <laughs> he said, people who really love animals understand if you get killed by one, chances are you were doing something to it you shouldn't have. Okay. You want me to apologize for making a joke? And he's like, you know, I mean, it's no. not really a joke. Yeah, he's Literally not making dressing it. dressing is the way the guy died. Yeah, he's not making a joke. Not really a joke. New rule. Fuck with the stingray. Get killed. Get the horns. Yeah, what an ass. Get the Mar. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to the other controversial joke. South that, Park. South Park, yeah. Yeah, uh, we have the clip here. This aired on October 25th, 2006. 
So about a month later. Wow. Yeah. They, but they put this that together VIP. quick. Don't just let anybody into my VIP area, okay? Satan is throwing a hey, hell Satan, of a party a in hell right now. Whoa. Somebody showed up in a crocodile hunter costume. It's really offending some of the other guests. Oh, jeez. Dude, you know, the whole crocodile hunter thing, it, it's just a little soon, you know? I mean, he just died a few weeks ago, and it's just <laughs> not super cool. You gotta leave. But it's me, Satan. Steve Irwin. I am the crocodile hunter. <laughs> oh. Oh, but then, dude, no costume. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> so the bouncers just kicked drunk. him out. Oh, dude, the no costume. <laughs> That's so good. I think I think it was such a ridiculous thing that people were like, you know, this is something you have fun with. Yeah. This is. I'm sorry. This is. A de- this is also in the. Uh, in the shadow of, you know, Gilbert Godfrey making the 9-11 jokes after, you know, at the uh, the roast or whatever, yeah. the aristocrats, all that shit. It's the gallows humor. The Geeners we're always the talking Geeners, about. Yes. Yeah. And it's also hand in hand with what we were talking about before. He already had bad will since the baby incident. Yeah. And it was starting to shine light on all the dangerous shit that he was promoting. And this was just one more thing. He went and poked the bear and yeah. then got eaten. <laughs> yeah we're talking about steve by Irwin. not a bear yeah yeah we're talking about steve Irwin. yeah, <laughs> yeah he he pissed a lot of people off and a lot of like um a lot of animal rights activists and stuff where he claimed to be this anti-poacher pro animal person i don't know i didn't really see a lot of um proof of that that he was actually bad with animals i think he was just a crazy showman and it was more about him and he didn't it was secondary about the animals sometimes but i think he was like he got a good rep for doing that with the with the crocodiles uh, of saving them rather than like poaching them yeah and killing them and yeah yeah i mean you know it's it's a double-edged sword for sure that's what it is yeah Yeah. double-edged uh stingray tail Whoa! Too soon. Is it too soon? (laughs) No costume, dude. Yeah. (laughs) Or it's not 2006. That's the other one. There's way to put it. (laughs) There's one more thing I want to go into, but I'm not going to spend that much time with this. There was some family drama after Steve died. Okay. His dad, Bob, after 18 months after Steve Irwin died, he left the Australian Zoo sanctuary uh, because he said it was becoming over commercialized Mm. and and bindi made some facebook post where she says she hates her uh grandfather bob now because he uh has emotionally psychologically damaged her because he returns gifts he never went to her wedding he never returns calls or texts or anything or or never uh never contacts that side of the family because i think he hates them so he's railing against everything that made steve uh, end up in the situation he was. I think that could be it. So, yeah, I think like psychologically, psychologically that's what it sounds like that, that's what it sounds like. And her wedding was somewhat recently, wasn't that? Yeah, it was like uh, in in 2020. I, I want to say, yeah, it was. A, so it's a long-standing feud. It's difficult. It's difficult because it was around all the lockdowns with COVID and stuff. So mm. whether or not he had a good excuse if he didn't want to go, but also he doesn't seem to like that side of the family. Wow. Um, and I think him making that statement that he thought the Australia Zoo became too commercialized seems like kind of crazy. Hot theory that might be in bad taste. Should I say it? Yeah, say of course. It. Okay. 
maybe he blames Terry and Bindi for Steve's death. That's what Kyle's just saying. Yeah. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just copying Kyle. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, that sounds kind of like what it is. Like, not even just them specifically, but the lifestyle that led him to the point where he was killed. Yeah. Um, going but, big, bigger, stronger, faster. Yeah, pushing further. further. But what else was Steve going to do? He was going to do it regardless. Like, say, I agree with that. Saying the family business is too commercialized, and that's why you're not going to talk to your grandchildren. Like, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, I think he's trying to kill a part of himself that feels. Uh, he probably feels a little, um, responsible for it because early, he moved the family up there. Yeah. Early on, Steve says, "I'm what I am because of my parents." Ah, yeah, that's true. Wow. They started the sanctuary. There would be no Steve Irwin if they had been in insurance. Exactly. If they stuck in the suburbs, you know, who the fuck knows what he would have been doing? Exactly. He learned it from his parents. Yeah, and he did always say, like, I wouldn't be here without you guys. And that could, speaking of double-edged swords. Yeah. I think he's trying to kill a part of himself by getting rid of his family. Yeah. Um, And... It's getting rid of a piece of guilt he feels about it. Yeah, yeah, they unfortunately some people bond over tragedy, and he just sees Terry, and it remind it makes him feel bad. Yeah, you know, mm. so he can't be well because because Bindi is still she's in the mix still she's doing she's on Animal Planet still she's got her own in the show. sun too in the sun yeah he yeah. Uh, Bob's doing it also yeah. and uh, the the son-in-law. Um and Bindi's husband is involved. He's like a wakeboard surfer, wakeboard surfer from Florida. He's like oh, in wow. the mix now too. They're exactly like Steve Irwin. <laughs> yeah, the whole yeah. family. They just continued that tradition. They are, and I don't mean this in any bad way, but they are camera hungry. They are self promoters. Oh yeah. You always see articles about this family. Yeah. Just oh, they released some photos or they're gonna go recreate one of Steve's crocodile attacks. They probably have the same PR team who's working with him. Yep. And like it's just like they were born into this, like he was born into it, you know, with his dad Bob, and he just took it to another level. Yeah, exactly. What's so, wrong yeah. with that? You what did what did the grandfather want them to fucking still be scraping away in the shitty Birwa fucking reptile sanctuary? Could be a, a number of things. He could resent the fact that his son was more successful than he was. It could be yeah. that he Where's his cut? The family. Yeah. It, no, but he's not getting no, a no, cut. No, he is getting the He is? Terry he should be. Terry says she she makes a point of this. She is still paying him every week. From the fucking the Australia Zoo. Oh he really? Got, got, oh yeah. Okay. That was part of the deal when when her and Steve uh, took it over in 1990 that they were going to pay the parents wow. and take care of them. And and Steve made her promise that they would take care of them forever. And and she's doing that. And she's like, I send them checks. Yeah. We built the house that they live in now. Like, so it's not a money thing. It's some weird grief stricken, deep seated. It's not a money thing. Yeah. Thing that they're trying to erase from their memory because I can't deal with it. They're they're probably just assholes. I I don't. <laughs> I think be. I agree. I, you know, I think again. I totally understand if they make them feel uncomfortable, but at some point, you don't cut your grandkids, the off. widow, and your grandkids. Yeah. Come on, yeah. I think maybe the great grandfather Bob has his head up his ass. He thinks he's like some spiritual fucking thing who takes it. No, it's not a monetary thing with him. But you know, fuck him. You know? Yeah, I mean, get over it. Get over yourself, asshole. Build a bridge, bro. And then jump off it. 
<laughs> Whoa. Um, I meant get over it. But, oh, okay. Uh, hey, I Mark, thought I was. Mark's got a vendetta against this guy. <laughs> yeah. Jump into a tank of stingrays. I just got heated at the end of the podcast <laughs> for no reason. Because we like family on yeah. this podcast. Yes. When, when you hear your family. Yeah. Right. Any um, last thoughts? Any final thoughts here? Great performer. Made a huge splash. No pun intended. And. The baby thing was kind of the start of a decline that ended in tragedy and set the stage for Bill Maher and South Park and other reactions. But on the other hand, his family continued the legacy. They brought some awareness to Australian Outback and all the wild animals there. And there you go. You could have single-handedly been the reason why Outback Steakhouse did so well. He's single-handed the, re- the reason that I uh, got a blooming onion ever in my life. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. And a Foster's. Foster's. Australian for beer. Australian for queer. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> All right, we got to go. <laughs> that was his uh, pickup line. Yeah. As always, guys, follow us on Instagram at Death and Entertainment, on Twitter at uh, DiePod2021. TikTok at Death and Entertainment. We're blowing up on the talk. Yeah. So uh, you better get on the die talk now before <laughs> yeah. we leave you behind. Yeah, before it's too late. <laughs> and YouTube, the old standby. Yes, of course. At yeah. Death and Entertainment. And, uh, you know, rest in peace, Steve Irwin. Also this week, rest in peace, Coolio. We didn't, uh, we didn't mention. But we might touch on that later. But yeah, yeah paradise. Coolio, great, uh, great artist. Great yes. guy. Yep. And there you have it. There you have it. That's it, guys. Thank you very much. Have a nice week. We are Death in Entertainment. And as always, don't go dying on us. Good boy. You have just heard... A true Hollywood murder mystery. I have never seen anything like this before. The movies, Broadway, music, television, all of it. A place that manufactures nightmares. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. Good night. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon.